I'll be reading from John chapter 13, verse 31 through uh, 35. Read on your phone or uh, on the screens or grab your own Bible to read along if you would like. Uh, This is what John tells us that Jesus said once. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God's been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm only with you a little longer. You're going to look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. May God grant us wisdom and courage for interpretation, and may God grant us wisdom and courage as we try to apply this word. Amen. This last week, Stuart and I um, had gone and we're having some coffee together and we were driving back to the church and we were at the top of the hill up here at Roadrunner Parkway. And um, we started talking about church. That's all we talk about. How, well, that's not all we talk about, but we talk about church a lot. And we talk about our individual faith a lot. And we talk about a lot of things around Jesus. And Stuart said, you know, it's, it's easy to be a Christian. It's easy to be a Christian, and it's hard, it's hard to do the things of a Christian. And I said, I, I say that a lot. Like, it's... It's a simple thing to be a Christian, but it's a difficult thing. It's the simplest, the most difficult thing we can do. And this little passage, this small section of Scripture is proof of that to me. That's not why I chose this. This isn't a proof texting kind of situation. But um, Jesus says that people will know we are his disciples by the way we Love each other. Love seems a simple thing. Like all the songs that we hear on the radio about love, it's like, oh, this is the greatest and easiest thing ever. How many of you are in love with someone? How many of you always like the person you're in love with? If your hand is up, you're lying right now. I'm just saying. (laughs) I saw you holding this hand up back there. There's no way we can always like the people that we're around all the time. So love isn't easy. Liking isn't love, right? You have to make this decision in your mind, like, this person is driving me crazy. I don't think I even like them right now, but I'm still going to love them. If it's that hard in a marriage or in a partnership of some sort, it's that much harder when we just kind of know one another. Right? It's easy if I just kind of know Mike Black and he starts to annoy me to be like, oh, I'm done. You know? But if we have a real relationship where we've been involved in each other's lives and I know some junk in his life and he knows some junk in my life and we've walked through things together, then it's a, it's a lot harder thing to just walk away from that relationship and it's, we have to make a conscious decision to lean in and show one another love and grace. And Jesus says, it's by that 
that people will know you are my disciples. In the book of Acts, we're told that the early church did certain things. They would meet in one another's homes. They would share food together. They prayed for one another. They did a lot of things together. But then at the last of that little passage where we're being told about that, it's in Acts chapter 2 if you'd like to read about it, it says their number was added to daily. That type of living, the disciple way of Jesus, is attractive to other people. When I lived in Carlsbad, I was in the library, public library one day, and uh, I was looking through theology books because I'm that kind of nerd. And uh, I like to eavesdrop on people, confession. (laughs) And a great place to do that is a library because you can almost spy, right? Like there are stacks in front of you, and they don't see who's on the other side. (laughs) And so I was standing by the stacks looking through these books, And there was a conversation happening, like if David's sitting there, it was about this far away. And there was a conversation happening down there, and I started eavesdropping. And it was one of those conversations where this person is trying to convert this person to to Christianity. So person A is leading person B through the plan of salvation, right? So this is what I was hearing. Well, you know, if you died tonight... uh, where do you think you would go, heaven or hell? Person B goes, I don't know. Person A starts going through the plan of salvation. Person B goes, I don't believe in hell. Person A goes, oh. Oh. No response, right? Because this person's faith is all about after What's happening after? But Jesus is saying, no, it's about now. It's about about what's happening here and now. People will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Not by what happens to you after you die. Who knows? But what people know is what we are about right now. So then you go back and you look, okay, Jesus, how do, how do you say we should show love? Well, he shows love by washing people's feet, by serving, by serving people, right? Humbling himself, washing people's feet. He shows love by healing people. I have a friend who, um, I, I can't remember what the job is called, but he makes prosthetic limbs and braces and that sort of thing. And I told him one time, I said, man, you, you work miracles. Oh, no, I don't. I said, dude, literally people go into your office with one leg and come out with two. And you teach them how to walk. That is a miracle. I don't know about that. Like, he, just, he couldn't receive it, right? He heals people. Jesus, Jesus served people. He healed people. There's a story. Uh, Jesus, so he was really involved in his friends' lives. He went, to his, uh, he went to Peter's mother-in-law's house, and Peter's mother-in-law was sick and laying on a bed and couldn't get out of bed. And Jesus goes and sits on the bed and touches her and heals her and says, okay, now you can get up and start serving people and cooking and stuff. That's my interpretation of it. <laughs> and when I used to read that, I would think, like, I hate that. I hate that passage of Scripture. I don't know what to do with that because... It just seems like Jesus is saying, a woman's place is in the kitchen. 
And I don't like that idea. So what am I supposed to do with this? And so I started reading about it more and studying it and thinking about it. And I, I remembered that when Michelle and the girls and I lived in Denver, our next-door neighbors were from Saudi Arabia, and you couldn't trick-or-treat at their house without it taking an hour, right? It was crazy. We would trick-or-treat, and they would say, oh, come in, come in. And that's where the candy was. And so you go in, and you take your shoes off, and they're like, oh, sit down. And they bring out food and things to drink. And they, they literally were serving, and it was their way of showing we're glad you're our neighbors, and we love you, and we want to serve you. And so I started remembering that, and I thought, Jesus went and sat down and healed this lady, and she immediately got up and started serving the people that were in her house because she wanted to. That's what was making her whole. Now, if Michelle were sick and I sat down on the bed and said, like, hey, you're healed now, so get up and go do laundry, next thing, I'm the sick person. But, um, Jesus was all up in people's business in the best way possible. Not to gossip, not to know what was happening in people's lives in a negative kind of way, but because he wanted to know people and to be known by people. We United Methodists are uh, the second group of people in Christianity to do small group ministry. I don't say that in an arrogant way. It's just the truth of it. The first was Jesus and the early church. And then it kind of disappeared for a while. And then John Wesley came along and said, like, hey, uh, I want to be a holier person. I want to be more in touch with God. You do too, right? Let's start hanging out and talking about that. And they started these small groups. They were very methodical about how they would do it. They became Methodists. I told you a few weeks ago about the gap in my teeth and all that kind of stuff. And that's a whole other story. You're looking at me like, I don't remember. Good. 60 cents. 60 cents between my front teeth. I'll ask me later. Um, so the Methodists were methodical and they started small groups. And guess what? Because they were in each other's lives and serious about connecting and showing love to one another and serving one another. You know, we can heal each other just by being friends and emotionally being available to other people, there can be real healing that takes place. I saw it this weekend on our staff and board retreat. People being vulnerable and real, and you see healing happen through that. It is an incredibly difficult thing to do from a distance, though. And I think all too often we're happy with this response out there in the lobby. Hey, how you doing? Did you have a good week? Yeah, I had a good week. Good. And we just kind of take off, right? Or you know you know the person that's like, not that good. Oh, gosh, here we go. I'll, say, I'll talk to you later about it. <laughs> I'm going to continually push us until we start to form small groups that meet in each other's homes and share food with one another and we get into each other's lives and let it get messy because that's where transformation happens. Jesus says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in your midst. I don't know how that works because I also know that I can go for a hike someplace and experience the presence of God. But I do know 
that Jesus would go off by himself because I have a feeling he was somewhat introverted and then he would come back and be with people. And he would go off by himself and he would come back and be with people because the real miracle is when I can experience God around all of you messed up people. We are going to get into each other's lives. And as John Moore said, however many years ago, no mess, no ministry. We've kind of picked that up about construction. I'm meaning in a spiritual and relational way. So it's not this week, and it's not next week, and it's probably not the week after that that I'm going to say, small group leaders, stand up. But it's going to happen. And I'm going to ask you to go and talk to the people who have a... If if your free night is Sunday, or your free night is Wednesday, or your free night is Thursday, we're going to have people that are wanting to connect with other people on that night. And I want you to be bold and to say, okay, this is really uncomfortable, I'm going to go do it. Because here's the other thing that I was thinking a lot about this weekend. God created some of us like me. I'm telling you, I on Sunday afternoons, I'm jacked. I thrive on all the conversations and all the people around. It gives me energy. Like I, I just, it's like I drink 50 shots of espresso or something. You give me so much energy. But I also know that there are people that just crash because they're introverts and it sucks energy from them, right? God has created both of us to be uncomfortable. We, we're going to learn how to become comfortable being uncomfortable. God wants me to shut up sometimes, and God wants an introvert to talk a little bit more. It's uncomfortable all around. And it's not to say that it's bad to be either one of those things. You were created that way. But we have to reach out and, and listen and talk and share and be real and love and be honest and serve and know that we have people in our midst that are suicidal. We have people in our midst that have addiction issues. We have people in our midst that are in deep grief. We have people in our midst that are celebrating getting a driver's license. We have people in our midst that there's just so much stuff and we, we don't know how to love people if we're not in their lives with them, right? So... Morning Star United Methodist Church, that's where we're going. So buckle up and get ready. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but it's going to be the ride of our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please stand.